Section 19 of Astounding Stories 15, March 1931. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Astounding Stories 15, March 1931 by Various. Terrors Unseen by Harl Vincent, Part C. Eddie's head was clearing rapidly, but he pretended to sway on his feet. Lena and her father were not in sight. If only he could spar for a little time. What's the idea, he asked. Haven't you guys got enough? That's our business. We know what we're doing, and when you butted in, you just signed your own papers. Dead men don't talk, you know, kid. There was a door at the other side of the room. If only he could see whether Lena was in there, whether she was alive. Tie him up, Gus. Cadorna kept the pistol pressed into the pit of Eddie's stomach as he gave the order. Hands and feet, and make a good job of it, you leaner. Eddie shouted then, Lena! Resistance was useless, but it would give him some satisfaction to know she still lived, even though Cadorna pulled that trigger in the next instant. No reply came from beyond that door. So, Cadorna grinned maliciously, another victim. Carlos first, then you, and now Al Cadorna. If you're worrying about her, kid, you needn't. She'll be perfectly safe with me. Eddie's roar of rage shook the rafters. Heedless of consequences, he brought his knee up suddenly and violently. Cadorna sank to the floor with a groan, his pistol clattering harmlessly on the rough planks. In a flash, Eddie retrieved it, dropping behind the prostrate form of the stricken gangster. Gus fired and missed. Now he dared not shoot for fear of hitting his chief. Eddie's gun spat fire, and the big German clapped his hands over his heart, his good eye widening in surprise. Then he reeled and pitched forward on his face. A feminine cry sounded from the adjoining room, and Eddie's heart skipped a beat when he heard it. Carlos was padding across the floor, trying to get into a position where he could fire without endangering Cadorna. Eddie swung his pistol around and pulled the trigger. A miss. He fired again, but too late. Fingers of steel had gripped his wrist, and the king of gangland rolled over on him, twisting the gun from his hand. Clubbed now, the pistol was raised high over that distorted, malicious face. Eddie tried to twist away from under the blow as it started its downward swing. Then a thousand steam hammers hit him all at once, and blackness. Something was pounding insistently at the doors of his consciousness. He must pull himself together. They left him for dead, and he was, almost. But voices as loud and raucous as those would waken the dead. He groaned with pain when he attempted to move his head. That for you, you rat. It was Cadorna's voice. Try to take my woman, will you? The pounding resolved itself into the angry barking of an automatic. Someone squealed with mortal agony. Eddie opened his eyes cautiously and saw that the room was full of people. The pungent odor of burned powder assailed his nostrils. There was Cadorna and Carlos, David Shelton and Lena. An undersized, dapper youth stood over the body of the big German, his hands outstretched before his horror-stricken face. A moment he stood thus, like a statue. Then his knees gave way beneath him, and he crumpled into a grotesque heap beside the man who had been called Gus. Such was the manner of Cadorna's dealing with those who displeased him. The door to the adjoining room was open. Lena and her father had been kept in there, with the little thug as their guard. 
Evidently, Cadorna had caught him trying to force his attentions on the girl. Good thing he'd killed him. Lena was sobbing, and the sound brought increased agony to the helpless Eddie. He lay still where they had placed him, beside the table which supported the robot control apparatus. His cheek was against the floor, and he saw that a little pool of blood was forming there, blood drawn by the butt of Cadorna's pistol when it contacted with his skull. He was bound hand and foot. They hadn't thought him dead, after all. Keeping him for that ride in a watery grave. Couldn't afford to leave his body where it might be found. What are you going to do with us? Shelton was asking, his voice bravely defiant. Game old sport at that, he was. Don't fret over your daughter. Al Cadorna's her protector now, and she'll be taken care of better than she's ever been. But you, that's something else. First off, you're going to give Carlos the dope on those trick metals in your machines. He couldn't analyze them, or whatever you call it. Then you're going to have a nice long ride with your friend over there. You'll go to the chair for this, Cadorna, and I'll never tell you the secret of the alloys. Tell him, Dad. Lena was crying. He'll let us go if you do. The hell I will, girlie. What I said goes. We'll make him talk first, too. Cadorna snarled. Never, Shelton shouted. Lena had seen Eddie, and with a little cry, she bounded across the room. Carlos was after her like a panther. Hands off the dame, Cadorna yelled. Let her cry over the boyfriend if she wants to. Won't do her any good. You get busy and set one of the tin soldiers going. Make the old buzzard talk. Carlos muttered sullenly as he started the motor generator. Give him a chance and he'd knife Cadorna in the back for Lena. The girl was kneeling at Eddie's side now, examining his bleeding scalp. He opened one eye and gazed at her solemnly, pursing his lips in a warning to silence. She caught her breath and nodded in understanding. Cadorna was shouting like a madman. Keep the damn thing so I can see it, you spig. They make me bug house when you blink em off. Besides, I don't trust you. The bold Cadorna was afraid of something he couldn't see. An idea flashed across Eddie's quickening mind, but he was helpless, bound so tightly that the cords cut his wrists. One of the robots was planking across the room. Lena looked up in momentary terror, and Eddie saw her eyes stray over the tabletop where Carlos was working. Want to grab the old one? The Chilean called. Yes. Pick him up and squeeze him till his ribs crack. He'll talk. Lena let a little moan escape her lips. Eddie was watching as the iron monster approached the scientist and flung its tentacles around his madly struggling form. Lena was fussing with him, trying to turn him over. Cadorna's back was to them, his face thrust into that of Shelton, who was fighting desperately to avoid the crushing grip of the robot. Give him a squeeze, Carlos. Shelton's yell brought another low moan from the girl's set lips. She was working furiously at Eddie's bonds. Lord, she had a knife. Good girl. Must have found it on the table. His hands were free, and he wriggled his fingers to bring them to life. Then his feet. He was able to move. Lena whispered in his ear. All right? she asked anxiously. Yes, he whispered. Somehow their lips touched, and Eddie felt his heart pound at his temples. New life came to him with a rush of exultation. Shelton was crying out in pain, and Lena sprang to her feet. You beast! she shouted at Cadorna. Let him go! Then she was across the room, tearing at the unyielding metal bands that pinioned her father and slowly crushed him. Cadorna laughed mirthlessly. Tell him to give me the dope, he retorted. 
Then I'll let him go, for a while. Shelton's head hung on his chest, rolling weakly from side to side. Eddie doubted whether he could speak if he wished to. The Chilean was working at the controls, increasing the tension of those terrible tentacles. Eddie raised himself to his knees, watching Cadorna narrowly. He fingered the knife Lena had used in freeing him. No, he couldn't use that. The Chilean would cry out and queer everything. He laid it on the floor within easy reach. Cadorna was cursing now, first Shelton, and then the girl. His rage was maniacal. Another notch, he bellowed. Eddie rose silently and clamped his fingers on the Chilean's windpipe. Lena's eyes widened as she saw. She did everything in her power to keep Cadorna's attention occupied as Eddie sunk those fingers into Carlos's throat. The Chilean's eyes popped from his head as he struggled furiously to tear away the steel-sinewed hand that had stopped off his breath. Death was staring him in the face, and he could not cry out. His strength left suddenly as the fingers dug in deeper, and Eddie shook him as he would a rat. In a surprisingly short time he had slumped to the floor, and not until his squirming ceased did Eddie loose that awful grip. Another notch, you spiggity! Eddie bent over the controls. Lena's pleadings mingled with the curses of Cadorna. She was cajoling now, telling the brute she'd go with him gladly if only he'd free her father, promising anything, everything, in the desperate attempt to keep him from discovering that his last henchman was out of the picture. But her words served only to spur Eddie to swifter action. He twirled the knobs of the dual control. The second robot was fading from view. He'd give Cadorna a dose of the thing he really feared. He eased off a little on the other control, releasing the pressure on poor Shelton's ribs as much as he dared. The position indicator of the second robot moved slightly as Eddie started the invisible monster towards the yelling gangster. He watched the screen closely. It was quite a trick at that, controlling these things you couldn't see. All you had to go by were these sketchy representations in the teleview, tiny flecks of light that outlined the various movable members of the robot. Eddie! Lena screamed suddenly, look out! But he had seen Cadorna wheel around as he watched his image on the screen. At that moment, a tentacle was writhing its way around his thick neck. A bullet whistled past Eddie's ear and buried itself harmlessly in the wall. Then from the blasphemous mouth of the King of Gangland, there came a shriek of awful fear. The tightening tentacle shut it off in a choking gurgle. Cadorna was captured at last, by a monster he could not see, a monster that struck terror to his craven soul. It was the work of but a moment to free David Shelton from the grip of the other robot. The tortured man tottered into Lena's arms for support. Eddie played with Cadorna now, releasing the grip from his throat and pinioning his arms instead. With rapid fingers he manipulated the controls until the screaming gangster was raised high in the air by the unseen arms of the robot. Another notch, Al, he chortled. Cadorna yelled anew as the clamps tightened. For God's sake, kid, quit it. Let me down. I'll do anything you say. Yeah? Eddie moved one of the rheostat knobs a trifle. The Prince of Racketeers was whimpering now like a baby. The sharp snap of a rib punctured his outcries. Another notch, said Eddie grimly. But the King of the Underworld had fainted. An hour later, Eddie Vale surveyed the scene complacently. Lena had washed the blood from his head and face, and bandaged his wound. Luckily, Cadorna's blow had been a glancing one. The girl was fussing over her father now, and the scientist was on the point of resenting her attentions. 
swore he could take care of himself. He wasn't a baby. Carlos and his chief were trussed up like mummies, and had been snarling at each other ever since the Chilean recovered his senses, each blaming the other for their predicament. The robots stood motionless by the wall. This would be a big haul for the police. Plenty of evidence to send Cadorna to the chair now. The murder of Butch Collins, the undersized thug, had been witnessed by three of them. No, four. Carlos would squeal. He was that kind. There would be rejoicing in the underworld, too, for Cadorna had many enemies. They'd be killing each other off in droves, though, for the leaders of rival gangs would be battling for his place. Guess we'll have to dump them in the limousine, he remarked to Shelton. Drive them to the nearest town and turn them over to the authorities. Yes, then they can come back for the bodies of the other two. Shelton grimaced as he contemplated the sprawled figures. What about your robots? Eddie asked. Why, I'll go ahead with my original plan, of course. The scientist looked surprised. Dad! Lena turned beseeching eyes on Eddie, and his heart performed amazingly as he looked into their depths. And why not? asked her father dolefully. They'll ensure the peace of the world. They'll... Listen, Mr. Shelton, Eddie interrupted. If you'll think a little, you'll realize that they'll do no such thing. Has any new and terrible engine of destruction ever accomplished that result? No. The enemy always finds a way of combating the new weapon and of devising another still more terrible. You've discovered a marvelous thing, but its value is quite problematical. How can they ever combat a thing they cannot see? Easily. Why, well, I could devise a teleview attachment in two days that would make them visible. Photoelectric cells are capable of detecting ultraviolet light, as you well know. Radium glows under its rays. Why not coat a teleview screen with some radioactive material? Shelton frowned thoughtfully. You're right, Vale, he said, after a moment of silence. Absolutely right. It was only a dream. With dragging feet, he walked to the transmitter, his expression grim in the realization of failure. He started the motor generator with a gesture of finality. What are you going to do? Eddie asked fearfully. Watch me. At least I can demonstrate another phase of the basic principle I've discovered. The motors of both robots whirled. Don't, Cadorna wailed. For God's sake, don't blink them out. Carlos cursed his chief for a coward. Sheldon was talking rapidly as he manipulated the controls. Instead of building up the wave motion to the frequency of invisible light, he was reducing it. Past the other end of the spectrum and into the infrared, the heat ray. Both monsters were changing color as he marched them through the door and into the open. Now they glowed with a visible red that rapidly intensified to the dazzling whiteness of intense heat. Cadorna babbled in superstitious terror. Then in an instant, both mechanisms were reduced to shapeless blobs of molten metal. Lena clapped her hands gleefully. Shelton looked up with enthusiasm once more shining in his face. Veil, my boy, he said. We can find some use for that in industry. Let the next war take care of itself. You bet. Eddie was lost in contemplation of the girl, the flush of pleasure that came in her father's words, the shining eyes. Then you'll leave the old place down here? She asked eagerly. Yes, as soon as we get rid of those crooks and the other robot. Vale is to spend the rest of his vacation with us, too, if he will. Would he? Eddie gazed at the girl in rapt admiration, and with an inward thrill over his astounding good fortune. 
Her eyes dropped before the intensity in his, and her flush heightened. David Shelton was wiping his glasses and peering at them with an understanding smile. Good sport, Shelton, and in some ways as wise as they made him. Eddie waited breathlessly for the girl to speak. Oh, that's wonderful, Dad, she approved, and I'm sure Mr. Vale will agree. She turned those glorious eyes on Eddie once more, and her inquiring smile spoke volumes. He opened his mouth to accept the invitation, but the words would not come. He could only nod his head vigorously like an abashed schoolboy. Some vacation. End of Terrors Unseen by Harl Vincent, Part C. Recording by Alan Winteroud. Audio.boomcoach.com.